welcome to Warps with Albert. Hey there. Well, you are not going to believe where I am or when I am out right now. It's it's nighttime. I have no idea why I always thought these walks with Albert would be out during the day with sun and birds. Well, that's when I usually go out for walks, right? But I'm on a track and field track, and I got it all to myself. There's no one else here. And the reason I came to this place is because of the bright lights. I got attracted. Because uh, if I'm going to be out at night doing a podcast, I want to see if they are homeless in any particular direction that I need to avoid. And so I got here, and it's this big track and field track, and there's no one but me right now. It's, I'm going to let you listen to this. That's me stomping on the sand they got for the long jump. Isn't that cool? So, yeah, I'm here all by myself. And the reason I'm out at night, it wasn't going to be this way. kind of had this idea I've been working on all throughout the day where, you know, some people wrote some nice things about the uh, walk with Albert with the, uh, the last one. And about the format in general so I thought it'd be cute if I printed those out and um, went to go show them to the duck that I was with the other day so I had this funny idea that that was where the duck lived because he seemed so comfortable there like that must be his house like and the reason I w- he didn't move when I was jumping between the dirt island is because he, that was like he, he was on his front porch so it's not for him to move, it, it's for me to move away, right? Because that was his property. But uh, I printed them out and was taking them down there. And I got pretty close to where the duck was, would have been, but the wind was so bad. It's flapping the emails in my face as I'm trying to read them and then flapping them against the microphone. So I had to retreat and I just was waiting for the wind to stop and waiting and darkness came first. And then the wind finally did stop, but now it's not really a duck hunting uh, time. So I saw these bright lights and I thought, well, I gotta see what that is because that's probably a nice place with, uh, with no homeless or easily avoidable homeless because you could see them on the horizon. And I ended up here on a big track and field track but no one running it. And it's all lit, like just for me. Well, I guess I should do a a podcast. I want to talk a little bit about the Godzilla movie. That's why I came out here, because I'm I'm bothered by it. Now, I do not want, I, I swore to myself like a blood oath, I will not let this podcast become another one of those ones where Oh, I saw some a movie or TV, and now I got to tell you all about it. What's wrong with it? I'm going to rip it down. It's going to be so cute and clever. We're one of those people. Now, this podcast is going to be more than that, normally. But this Godzilla movie is a special case, and I'm going to tell you why. When I was a little kid, I was maybe the biggest Godzilla fan there ever was, 
And I know you're thinking, no, I was the biggest Godzilla fan there ever was because uh, I love dinosaurs the most. And so, no, I love dinosaurs the most. They kind of go hand in hand, Godzilla and dinosaur love. But here's how much I loved Godzilla. You know those TV Guide things that came with the Sunday papers? Do you remember those? Maybe they still have them. I don't know. It's been a long time since I cracked open a Sunday paper. But they used to have these things that would be the television guide that would tell you everything's coming up on the week and what channel. Um, And they had these little advertisements. Whenever there was going to be a Godzilla movie, they had a little advertisement square, which is we're going to have the Godzilla marathon this Saturday. Or Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla is going to be on uh, Friday night. Or usually it's like Saturday afternoon, Sunday afternoon, right, for the kids. Well, when they had those in the TV guide on just that cheap little black and white newspaper paper, I would cut those out, those little ads, and put them in a photo album like they were precious. It was like a real photo album with the see-through transparent sheet that you put over it. And I would do that. I also did it for the Bruce Lee movies. That came, not, not real Bruce Lee movies. It was the Bruce Lee imitators, the Bruce Lies. I did put them in there too. But it was mostly Godzilla. Not only that, I used to take an audio cassette recorder and put it right up to the television speaker and make an audio recording of the movie as it was playing. Now, can you even imagine the minimalist incoherence of an audio recording of a Godzilla movie, right? It's people talking with that dubbed voice, and then there's the music, but the music is for something you can't even see anymore. And then you hear the monster scream, and you think, okay, well, now I'm visualizing the monster. And then you hear crumble, but it's like, okay, what's crumbling? Is it a power plant? Is it a giant department store building? It's all just crumble noise, and then another scream, and then you hear the the blam blam of the like the tanks when they're all lined up the little tiny tank toy tanks that are shooting at the guy in the rubber suit which kind of brings me to a few things i want to say to the people who made this godzilla movie that just came out because i saw it i'm always tempted every time they do the godzilla reboot i'm thinking well maybe this could get me that godzilla spark back that fascination when i was a little kid with these giant monster movies and them destroying cities. I uh, did it full 3D, sitting up close, immersion. And this is now my communication to the people who made that movie. Not that they'll hear this, but here's some things I wouldn't say to them. Number one, I know that when a giant monster is stomping around on dirt, and outside and if it's near a volcano i know there's going to be a lot of bits in the air like a lot of smooth right and i know when they're underwater there's going to be a lot of bubbles because they're thrashing around you got so much of that little particulate swirl going all over the place half the time you're trying to find the monster behind all of that dirt and dust in the air okay number two If you have a group of people in a room, and these people are professional monster trackers, and they are funded by all sorts of government scientific entities, and we assume, therefore, they either have a great deal of military or scientific training, you cannot make them so 
obviously stupider than everyone sitting there watching the movie. I'm going to give you an example. There's this one scientist and she says, oh, we have this three-headed monster we got some images of. Well, back in our culture, we, uh, we had a name for it, Ghidorah. And there's a science guy right next to him. And he says, what, did you just say gonorrhea? And the movie waits. It pauses as for uh, the beat for people to laugh at it. As if, okay, well, obviously audiences are going to be laughing so hard at this little comedy nugget that we got to stop. We got to stop the movie for a moment. So because no one's going to hear what's what dialogue's going to come next. They're all going to be laughing so hard. And they should have known that what audiences would have done to that line and that attempt that diseased attempt at comedy we stared in horror at the screen like what did we just pay for to sit here and be exposed to that number three back in those original godzilla movies you had men in rubber suits and because of that when they would fight they would fight probably pretty close to how giant monsters would really fight bites punches kicks sort of like pro wrestling because there was momentum physical momentum that made it interesting because there was an ebb and flow in this latest Godzilla movie and this is a spoiler alert not that you should ever see it but this is what happens the final battle it's all video gamey super moves you know how in a fighting game, sometimes you build up something like a power gauge and then you just do some big flashy dome of light and little lightning bolts come out of it and it, it does massive damage. That whole final battle between Godzilla and three-headed super monster, it's all those super moves. It's all the power up moves. It's not, they're not fighting. You know what? I'm going to throw in number four because if I spoiled that for you, then I'm going to spoil this. One of the last things you see of the giant three-headed monster is one of the heads. You think it's dead. Oh, no, it's coming up out of the rubble. And then it turns out that the reason it's coming up out of the rubble is because Godzilla has bitten off the head and he's still got it dangling out of his mouth. So it was Godzilla standing up or something and then the, the head is dangling and then it, we think for a moment, oh, the creature's back. Oh, no, wait. It's just the severed head in Godzilla's mouth like he's doing a ventriloquist act with this. I wanted to laugh, but I also wanted to cry. Because this, you know, it was past two hours. We know the movie's ending right with this. And that's the last thing we see. Is Godzilla, like he's, try like he's in a hot dog eating contest, but it's the severed head, uh, the, the, the big monster with the three. I couldn't believe it. Anyhow, I think I got it all off my chest now. And, um... I should probably leave this place before someone tells me to leave. <laughs> <laughs>